The other thing that I would say, if we're talking personally, I would say dedication. Mm. Like I am a hundred percent embedded, dedicated to my craft Mm. and you can't outwork it. Like you're not outworking it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm up grinding I'm reading and I'm thirsty for knowledge and I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I want to get better. We do huge volume on our flips and I am bored of that and so much more interested on how much better we can do each one. You're on the Grounded Investor Show with your co-hosts, Michael Porsche and Corey McCain. Today, we got an interviewee of Casey Ames. He is one of the big time wholesalers out here in Boise, Idaho. And we got an awesome interview talking to him about systems, relationships, and focus um, and what that looks like. Yeah, I, I, there's a ton of nuggets in here uh, that we can really take and, and put towards our business. I think the listeners will be able to take a few nuggets for sure and apply it towards their business and getting started. So awesome interview. Yeah, I would, I'd really want to encourage people just to listen to the whole interview and, you know, keen in on what he says about focus and, you know, getting really good at one thing, be the best at it, then move on. And then next, all right, what's next to conquer? Um, and also just what he talks about in the, in the, the importance of the relationships um, that come with, um, you know, business. And that's, that's what really allows you to thrive within business. And he, he's a big time, you know, uh, believer in God and a spiritual man who, who I'd say has the right motives and drive um, that allows him to succeed. And he does give it all, all that glory to God, which is a pretty cool thing um, just from our backgrounds um, as the grounded investors. I like that. Right, yeah. So let's, let's just uh, get it started and kind of dive right in. How, um, is is the sound good on my side? I can hear both of you good. Yep. Cool. You sound really good. Cool. Tell us a little about yourself, about um, family life, you know, where you grew up and how you end up in Boise. Yeah, man. Uh, <clears throat> without going into like too gnarly details, I just had an interesting life. Let's just put it that way. Um, mom and dad were learning how to make money and raise a kid at the same time I was an only child. And so, uh, you know, the, their presence wasn't always there. And I ended up meeting a whole bunch of people on the wrong side of the track and, uh, kind of went down that road for, for a good chunk of my life. And then in my, uh, and then I, and then I, uh, removed myself from that for the most part, but I still have bad habits. Right. And I think, uh, today, like if you, the people that are close to me and, um, that get actually like firsthand witness the spirituality and the, the, uh, the habits and the actions that, that we reflect and stuff over here, they, uh, you know, they, they're so important. And I didn't, no one instilled that in me when I was younger. Right. Like, and if they did, I wasn't listening. And I think that's important <laughs> to say because like, I probably wasn't. Um, but I, but I just, I hung out with like a whole bunch of guys. And so I, I just removed myself from that equation. Um, but I saw these bad habits and then about, uh, in my early twenties, uh, both my brothers passed away one year after the other and they were in their twenties. Right. So we were like inseparable. Yeah. Um, and I went on a, a a really gnarly, a a really gnarly uh, chunk of my life and, uh, uh, immersed in self-pity uh, immersed in, um, you don't understand, like you, you don't have brothers, uh, yeah. like as close as we were. Right. And, um, I say as close as we were, and I, I truly believe that. And I, I still kind of do believe that today. Uh, but just because of the dynamic, the way we were raised, that's all we had. Right. So we only had each other. It was that survival of fittest mentality. Mm. So when, so when they were removed from my life, I, uh, I was lost completely. Anyway, you go down the you go down the road. Around that same time, my parents were trying to figure out what they wanted to do, right? And they had been in the insurance uh, business for quite some time. Both of them were uh, pretty successful financially, but uh, emotionally bankrupt, right? Mm-hmm. Spiritually bankrupt um, from a fifteen years of the same job that they weren't really interested in, and then b all this stuff going on with the kids and and all this other stuff, right? Um, 
So they took off uh, to uh, Arizona. Um, they had a bad real estate deal uh, that they got caught up in. Um, this lady was kind of playing the long con. And uh, to, to share all, or to not share all the details, basically out of respect to them, but like the gist of it was, it was just like, you make a little money, now you make a lot of money. Now you're yeah. going to make a lot of money and they would actually feed the money so you'd see it. And so you're like, oh, okay. And then the big one comes, right? Um, so when that happened, uh, I'm a big, I mean, we spoke uh, earlier. I'm a big faithful man. Like I believe God is everything. Um, mm. He gave me everything I have. And uh, it took a long, it took a long journey to get to where I am with him and the relationship that we have. And so I, I don't call it fate. Like it was supposed to go down exactly how it was supposed to go down. But uh, regardless of it, um, my mom ended up bumping into Tom Kroll, who owns Wholesale Inc. Yeah. <laughs> and so my mom and dad uh, had just had this like tremendous thing happen to them. And Tom is a shepherd by nature. And he basically just like took them under uh, his wing. And this is when Wholesale Inc. wasn't really what it is today. Uh, probably in his head it was, right? And it had started. So I don't want to get it twisted. Like it had, it had already started to evolve into the monster it is today. But mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, Brent had just, uh, linked up with Tom, um, and TTP hadn't started yet, but like he, uh, and for those who don't know, TTP has talked to people by Brent Daniels in, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, uh, one of, if not the best wholesalers in the country, um, system wise too. Um, anyway, like they would just go eat dinner and like talk about business and Brent would call them to the office and they would learn how to do it. So from a very, like from the root, they learned the right way how to do it. And so from the root, systems were put in place and how to not only acquire leads, but the, the correct way to go about it. And what are the value systems behind what we do? And does that resonate with you? And fortunately, when life breaks you down, you become humble. And so they were hum very humbled by nature and very humbled by the approach that Tom Kroll and Brent had done. Um, and the rest is kind of history. And so uh, they, they actually, my mom is really good on the phones. And so, so she, she caught fire, you know, and they were doing, you know, three, four, 30K, of, you know, 30K assignments, three or four of them a month. And just like that, their life turned around. Well, I was serving tables, uh, fine dining, and like I had been doing it, I had managed PF Chang's restaurants. I had, I had done the server thing, fine dining for years and years. My mom kept harassing me and being like, you know, you'd be good at this. And uh, it, it took a while, but uh, I got analysis paralysis uh, and I just ran another uh, Zoom or I was in on another Zoom call a little while ago and I was explaining this. But like if anyone's ever used Mojo, which is a, a dialer, like when you first get it and you haven't set it up, it has the little drop down menu with the script on it. Yep. Right. And so, so like I had it all in my head and everything was all like kosher. And then that thing would drop down and I'd just be like, Oh, and I'd freeze and they call it analysis paralysis. But basically I had that for, for a couple of weeks. Um, and then I finally got into it. I got started getting some nose and stuff. And then once again, back to God, like he just graced me with a couple like it was probably a week of just solid leads, dude. Like these conversations just could, I like, I was so wet behind the ears and didn't know what I was doing and wasn't sticking to script and wasn't asking the right questions, but they were just like hand me's. Like, I'd just be like, Oh, I was just calling to see if you thought about selling your house. And if you consider an offer on that and they'd be like, yeah, I need to sell, <laughs> you know, like just like hand me's. And so, um, we ended up doing really good and it took about probably six months, but I was able to digress off what was my, you know, daily work and, and, and now try this new thing. And then I got a big one. Um, I got a big assignment and that was enough for me to cut the cord. And so I just, that was it. You know, that was about three, three, four years ago. And I cut the cord completely from your typical job and been running ever since. So, wow. And you've been um, here in the valley the whole time, right? And Arizona. And Arizona, okay. Yeah, Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and going back to uh, the, those systems, um, I think are the most important out of, of all those words that were just said, systems were, to me, the most important. 
Um, and Brant and those guys allowed us a firsthand look at what an actual system looked like. And in that time, Idaho hadn't seen those systems yet. Hmm. Like, I'll, I'll really go toe-to-toe with anyone and, and beg to differ that somebody had worked that advance of systems a few years ago because I wasn't seeing it. Mm. And I was, I would consider the probably the primary wholesale outlet in this area, uh, at least Southern Idaho. Um, And uh, I knew who my competition was and they, they weren't doing things. And none of that credit goes to us, right? That was all somebody else's that we just just were duplicating. It's all that we were doing. But back then a couple years ago, uh, no one was doing it. And so we were just slaying the beast. Um, now you have a population that's increased quite a, you have more advanced systems. People are coming in from Utah, Cali, you know, some of these, some of these good wholesaling outfits from other places. And so the competition's changed a little, but, um, you know, you can use it to your advantage. So. Yeah. Going into that, what do those systems look like? Say within your own business, can you give us some examples? Yeah. So, um, I think, a, a person needs to ask themselves like what do they want to do i think that's the most important so depending on what you want to do will depend on your contribution to your system right and so for me i wanted to make as much money as i possibly could uh in the beginning and it wasn't about like if you know me uh you'll know that i, I you know i really don't care about money that much like it's not it doesn't interest me other than uh, and I'm very clear on this to all my mentees and all, all the people that I help and all this. There's a couple reasons that I want to make money. One is because I just want to see how much I can make. Like I, I, I wasted so many years of my life that I want to, to know that I had a late start and then I'm going to catch and pass everyone. And I just want to see like how much money I can physically make, you know, mm-hmm. in the duration that I have. And, um, and I don't want to work forever. So I have my goals and, and I have like what those goals are, my short term and my long term and all that. And I want to be semi-retired by a certain age and just lending money is essentially what the goal is. And so, um, so I think, a per, and so, and then the other thing is that I want multi-generational wealth for my, for my kids. I don't want a single person in my family to have to worry about anything. And then I want my mom and dad to retire and I want to be able to pay for that. And, and I just, I, that's what I want. Right. And so that's the goal at hand. Other than that, I could care less about money. Like, yeah, I got nice trucks and nice houses and all this stuff. And I I just don't care. Like, I'm grateful. Don't get me wrong. I'm super grateful and humbled by the opportunity to have those things. And I've always wanted those things. But at the end of the day, like, if you take it away, I'll just do it again. Because I know now how to do it. Um, So I think a person has to ask themselves, like, what is the contribution that I want to take? So I wanted to make a whole bunch of money. So in the beginning, I did everything, right? Like, my dad scrubbed the data. So my dad did all the skip tracing and all the lead gen and all that kind of stuff. And, and my dad would do all the dispo. So you get all the contracts ready um, and all that kind of stuff. But I was, I was very much so the one who started from, from the very beginning to the very end to dealing with title, to the acquisition, to the, to the phone call, to the follow-up, to everything, to dealing with the buyers and creating a buyer's list and, and then going out and networking with those people and then allowing them to know that we're the, we're the main outfit and we always have properties. What do you want? You want a three, two on the bench? Okay. I'll get you three, two on the bench and we'd go get that. Right. And we'd deliver. Um, and so, but then it changes. Right. And so then for me, I realized that, uh, time was one of the most precious metrics. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I was saturated and of and a lack of time, right? And so um, in that my day was consumed with, okay, I call from nine to 11 and now I got to go on all these appointments, which I'm grateful for, but now I got to go do it, right? And then they always take longer than they're supposed to. And then now I have a slot at one to three that I got to call, but then I got to go to title, right? And so I was just like consumed in that. So somewhere along the line, I realized that delegation was going to have to happen. So to kind of get back to your question, um, you got to figure out what you want to do and what your business is going to look like and then create the best systems for that. So for me today, my wholesale business is very um, relationship oriented. So we do call and we do market. And we have, uh, I have callers and acquisition managers and I have uh, people doing that stuff. 
Um, we also have marketing um, and all that. But I would say out of 10 deals, I would say seven or eight of those deals are just off of relationships. Like just with the ability that people know that I a, can either move the, the product, right? I can either move the contract for them and they'll give it to me at a good deal because they know it'll just get done or I'm going to keep it myself and I'm going to flip it because we do, we do an extensive amount of volume on flips. So I, so I have the ability to do either of those. And so people call me all day long and just say, Hey, I got, you know, I got a 1400 square foot house. So, um, the best hire that I did this last year was an assistant. Yeah. Mm. So was an assistant. So I've been wanting an assistant for about three years now. And, uh, I've been saying it and everyone takes it like, okay, go get one. But like, no one's ever really done anything about it. You know? Wait, so you've had this business for how long without an assistant? Uh, well, okay. So let's be clear though. I don't, I didn't have an actual role assistant sure. where like dude like wakes up and says, what can I get you until this year? But like my parents, my sister, uh, the employees that I have very much have played that role of assistance. Okay. But if we're talking systems and we're talking chain of command and we're talking everyone has their definitive role that they play and their specific, uh, their specific value to the company. You can't do it like that. Cause otherwise you're like, Hey, call Taylor and mom, will you get this? And dad, will you send that? I thought mom was going to do that. Oh, dad's going to do that. Didn't you say that we were closing on that on the 14th? And you just get this, like, it's so hard with the volume that we do. It's so hard to do. Right. Sure. So I have hired an assistant and he is my brain essentially like, cause the other thing is, is like, um, my, my sister calls it a swirling brain. And so like, I have all of it right here, mm -hmm. right? Like we run 50 to 75 flips a year. I'm doing a subdivision of 24 homes, uh, a whole bunch of customs. We build other houses, 50 flips, 75 flips, somewhere in between that number. Plus we're doing, we'll probably do 75 wholesales this year. So it's digressed from last year, but you know, the market's different. So like, but I have all that up here, right? Yeah. And extracting that sometimes I don't have like, have either of you ever had a job where like, it was just easier to do it yourself than explain it to somebody. Yeah. Yes. Right. So like, that's what happens to me, but then the library fills up. Right. Like yeah. then it's like, what book was it in? You know what I'm saying? And so it gets really hard. And so once again, going back full circle to systems, I realized that it was really important at some point to get a chain of command system. So like what it looks like is um, acquisition is usually done by myself or my acquisition manager. Comps are usually done by somebody in-house that's handling the comps, the dispo, you know, uh, making sure all the contracts are right. Like we just picked up a deal uh, I got for um, 275, 150K reno, and it's a ARV of like 700,000. So it's a, it's a monster, right? But the contract had to be really specific because it was a divorce. So my dispo will go in there and make sure the contract's like really perfect for them. And then they'll send it to their lawyer, get it reviewed. So like I have systems for all that stuff because I'm not good at computers and I'm not good at paperwork, right? Um, and so that's actually a great like little bridge to walk across is like what I would recommend or what I would suggest people do when they're learning what systems they want to instill is take whatever your strength is and start training that immediately. So whoever that person is, start training that person immediately and just have them stuck to your side. Because here's the deal. If you are focused and you are driven and you are going to take your business somewhere, you will be the weakest link in your business. Um, and you remove yourself. The person has all this knowledge and all the network and all this stuff. You remove it. Well, where do you think the money goes? The money goes with it, right? And so, like, you've got to train somebody very close to, to basically embody what you are. And you might have to pay them a substantial amount of money as the years go by for me, it's, I don't look at it as a downfall, right? Like I look at it, like I get to provide a tremendous amount of value to some 
young kid that's like 28 years old and now he's got the opportunity to be a millionaire in a couple of years. You know what I mean? Cool. You know, I've done my part. Um, but so I would start training that person like right away. And then the other things that I would do is I would start writing a list of the things that you're not good at. And I would immediately hire somebody that's good at those. Um, what you'll find to be a problem in that sequence is that you have to learn the system, fail at the system, understand the system, make the, make mistakes, get good at it. So you have to completely learn the system in order to train it correctly, right? Mm. So a common like misconception is, oh, well, why don't you just have a VA do that? Well, okay, I, I would like a VA to do that, but I got to train the VA how to do all that stuff. And I don't have the time to do that or whatever the case is. Right. And so you got to really like have those processes, um, down. So in example, it would go like, here's the purchase agreement. So you go to wholesale Inc or you go to a rafter or one of these guys or whatever. And you try to, you try to find a contract a purchase a real estate contract in your specific state, which is what I recommend doing. Then I recommend giving those to your lawyer and having your lawyer review them, right? Like all of our docs are lawyer certified by not only my lawyer, uh, who's a maniac of an attorney, but also uh, by titles attorney that we use, right? So do that, but then save that in a file with instructions on what it means, like break down that contract, right? Mm -hmm. and, and put it in there immediately. Because what'll happen is like six months down the road, when you start to have more of those files and no instruction, now you got to organize it all and figure out how to have somebody train it. So I'll use another example. Um, and I hope I'm answering your questions. Like, yeah, I think uh, you're so more like, I'll use than another, Okay, well, like, I'll use another example. So, so whenever you're doing high volume, um, Tracking your metrics and tracking your KPIs and stuff, uh, your key point indicators, right? Like, what are my prices? What are what am I spending? How much time is it taking? Like, the things that are making your business move. At some point in time in a business, I think a person has to realize that, like, or ask themselves, like, am I doing it the right way? You know what I mean? Like, sure, we might be good and sure, we might be six, seven figures, whatever the case is, but, like, am I doing it the right way? Have I leveraged myself efficiently? Um, and so the, the common mistake that I think happens, and you wouldn't know until you've done it, but like the common mistake that happens is you start to build momentum, right? And you learn as you go. So you get like, let's say in an annual period, you're like 10 months in and you kind of got a wrap on things. You kind of know what's going on in your business and you're kind of starting to realize maybe you're not paying attention to prices as much as you should be or you're not networking or you don't have the right subs or whatever the case is, right? And then you're trying and then you get to month 12 and you have to do taxes. And you and and you realize that you are severely underorganized and uh, you don't really know what you made because it was just like patchwork trying to put stuff in. And not only do you not know what you made, you don't know what you spent, you don't know what your gross was, you don't know what your net is, um, two insanely important things. Everyone thinks that, you know, oh, I made 150 grand on that flip. Cool, was that your gross? Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it was probably your gross. Yeah. Um, so a net number is a completely different number and people need to get to tracking that. And so- Yeah, so for those who don't know, what is net? So net is your true profit. So that's so your true amount after everything is coming out, all operate, all operating costs, all salaries, all uh, marketing, all budget, everything it took to get that deal. And then taxes, whatever you're going to pay on taxes. And I think a lot of people track the first part, but then they just like don't track the second part because taxes are kind of hard to gauge. Uh, throughout the year, especially if like, if you're not doing it quarterly or something, um, and you don't really know what they're going to be, it's hard to like, you can't just take 20% out of each flip and say that's your taxes. Yeah. You could essentially do like a mock net number and just say, I'm going to take 20% out of every flip. And then I'm going to either end up a little North or South of that number. Right. And that's, I mean, you can do that, but so, and then gross is like that number like I just did a flip. Uh, I did a flip. 
150k purchase we made 30 on it you know uh 150k purchase 50k reno so we're all in at two i sold it for 230 i made 30 grand right that's that's a gross number you didn't really make 30 grand so um so so that's super important but so what you'll find out though is that like you get to those numbers and you realize you've tracked horribly so now you have to go back 10 months and try to organize the madness right and so i did a video on this a little while ago but like if a person can correctly start like right now what are we in month five or four right so like if you can just go back that far and start tracking you are going to notice a, a night and day difference in your business if you start tracking everything so um i think it's i think it's super important to track and that was just a different different example of a system right like um and i would take that further to probably the most important thing that you can do in investing is track your numbers any of my mentors whether it be i have a few different ones and they're all by national standards uh known and they're all have made 20 30 years of mistakes and they're worth a lot of money and they're really good at what they do right and every single one of them when we're in like deep conversation and just for the record i get grilled by my mentors it's not like a light like you guys are killing it up there like yeah. it, it doesn't go that way and so like <laughs> How long have um, but, you had a mentor for? Um, I have had probably several, um, like off the book mentors yeah. for quite some times. Like, uh, like Brent, when Brent first started, I would call Brent all the time and harass him and like figure out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I would say for the last year I have, uh, worked hands on with a couple people that have, I mean, been fundamental in my success, you mm. know? Um, and so, but, but they're, they're the answer or the question will always be the same. What are your numbers? Hmm. And so, um, so I think it's really important to put that system in place. Uh, so ask yourself, like, what do I want to do? What does my time management look like? How much do I want to be invested in this process and how much money do I want to make? And then who do I need to train to get to where I'm at? Right. Hmm. So do I need a VA? Am I going to be primarily focused on wholesaling where I'm going to need somebody to run uh, back and forth to title and, and uh, do title work? Do I, uh, am I consumed with running to the bank a lot, right? Like in picking up checks from title and dropping them off at the bank and stuff and not the worst problem to have, but it can get like when you have multiple closings and you got four or five checks and you want some of that money to throw to something else, you know what I mean? Like it's like, oh, I got to go do that, but I'm buying this house that you know i so it's just uh like knowing where to put these people um if you're going to be doing flips i strongly strongly suggest getting somebody and and um i want to word this carefully i strongly suggest getting the right person for the job like to mean? help to help you do that so you have a, you have a specific example uh are you talking yeah. contract talking someone <laughs> yeah i'm talking contractors but <laughs> i but but at the same time i'm kind of talking like investor cap too so here's the thing is like when doing flips you can control so okay well let's back up so like i believe this to be true that there is a misconception that you will make more money if you do more volume just to be very clear for any people who are beginning flipping or maybe about to press on some volume or something, uh, that is not true. And so, um, now if you buy correctly, if you monitor budget correctly, and if you handle one flip correctly and you can duplicate that system without making too many errors, then yes, volume, uh does play into it right and then now you can duplicate those numbers and now you can make a whole bunch of money but i will say that it's more difficult than people think and so i would just i would suggest to people to go back to the root question which is how much time do i want to invest in this business mm. and to corey's response uh or question 
I say contractor because you are going to need good contractors. I say investor cap because I, I believe that no one will care as much as that you'll care. So they're just, it's just different, right? Like people just look at things different. They look at quality different. They look at um, the time clock different. They look at uh, operating expenses differently. Um, and so like um, if you're going to be doing flips, the best systems that you can, um, that you could probably put in place is um, some sort of monitoring CRM, right? And it can be very like simple where you write it on paper for all that is. We use BuilderTrend, um, but we do an extensive amount of volume. And so BuilderTrend specifically tracks the trends of your business, right? So like I go into BuilderTrend, I have each project that I have. So I have all my projects, the budgets and the estimates are in there. They're all cost coded. So, you know, you pay $2,500 for millwork. It goes in the cost code of millwork, $2,500. And so you can track the trends of how much they're doing. So at the end of an annual cycle, you should be able to say, okay, it costs us this much to do 1,200 square foot, this much to do 1,500 square foot, this much to do 2,200 square foot. We have three models, medium, you know, small, like quick little reno, medium, and then we have our high-end flips for each of those sizes, you know, and then if you really want to take it further, you can have a, um, you can have a, uh, what am I trying to say? You can have a product list for each of them, right? So like Carrera Marble, you know, this flooring, this, that, like little packets that you have for each of them, and you'll know the exact cost per square footage, right? Like, so I have a tile package, a flooring package, and a paint package, and they all go together at 2,200 square foot, it equals this reno, and it might be $25 a square foot or whatever it is, right? Mm. And so, um, so some kind of monitoring system to be able to track that. The, the higher quality your monitoring system, whether that be the higher quality your attention to detail is, um, the more money you're going to make. And once again, it, it, for me, it doesn't go into the volume. It's like, how efficiently can we do this thing, right? And, um, and and what's the system that you use again? Can you say that name? I use Builder Trend. Builder Trend. Mm -hmm. It's like a national construction CRM. So it, it essentially tracks. I mean, it can track multiple properties. It can send it can send invoices and build invoices and send them out and and go back and forth with people. You can track all your KPIs, uh, all your all your you know time. Uh, so that's like another thing is like without going down rabbit holes, like there's yeah. so many, there's so many missing pieces to flipping that people don't talk about. And like the biggest one is time. You'll always hear people refer to time as like returns, you know, or, or maybe you'll hear them talk about time as like, uh, I owe my lender this amount of money because the time took long, but there's so much more money that goes into taking more time that you just don't like expect and so you might have a 2200 square foot house on wednesday and a 2200 square foot house on friday and they start and you get done quicker and you hit your budget on this one and you go over your budget on this one mm. so it's like why is that that we go over our budget on on the ones that uh go longer well maybe check your labor you know, I bet your labor is probably a key indicator on that. It's probably you didn't spend more money on product, but your labor is probably spiking. And so it just like tracking stuff like that. So having systems to track that. Um, so really to hone it in, I would say, regardless of your business, have yourself and whoever the leadership team is, find out what you guys want to accomplish and have a vision board of some sort. And, and, and you can change your goals and whatnot, but have your goals very present, have your mindset very present for everyone to see. Um, be very clear in your heart what you think you can achieve and, and hit that um, and, and post that and let the world know that that's what you're doing, right? And so, um, and then your leadership should embody that. And if no one can get with the page, then they gotta go, you know what I mean? And I'm not talking like ruthless hierarchy, but I'm just saying like if, get in where you fit in. You know what I mean? Like in my, in my circle, we have believers, like we're, we're in this, we're going to, we're going to do this thing. We, tr we provide a tremendous amount of value to 
uh, charities and, and we do a lot of work. Like I give a ton of money to, to help people and stuff. And I'm more about that than I am my monetary return myself. And the byproduct is that I make a ton of money. Right. And like, that's just kind of how God works. You can't outgive him. But I'm very clear on that. Like my whole team is very clear on that. Like when we get a hundred K check and we write a $10,000 check to a charity, like the, uh, the abundant mindsets like, yeah, dude, we got to give them 10 grand. The non-abundant mindsets like, you know how much stuff I could have done with that 10 grand. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't want people like that in my sphere. Mm. So get a good leadership. And then, um, I think a common mistake is uh, people don't know exactly what they want to do. So like the beginning investor is like, um, well, what do you want to do? Oh, we might do some buy and holds or we're going to get a flip and you know, we're working on some wholesaling, like pick one and do that and then learn how to do that really good. And once you've learned how to do that really good, you've trained it, you've delegated it. And now that thing's running now go do rentals. Right. And so, um, so focus on what you want to do, get that in place and then figure out who you need to hire to help you, you know, and it doesn't have to be this big overhead, this big team, you know, grow as you grow. Yeah. But, so that's what I'd say about systems, I guess. That's great. Yeah. I think this one's to me, the, <laughs> the focus of this podcast is systems. So, um, Corey, did you, I think we only have so much time left, but I kind of want to get two questions in. Um, Corey, do you have a question that you wanted to, to get in? Well, I want to, uh, you know, before we get out is just kind of see where your business is going. Um, I know you do pretty high volume here currently. And, uh, I, I've talked to other wholesalers who are kind of looking to, you know, hold on to rentals. I know you said you have a goal in place for, you know, retirement at a certain age. What kind of does your future look like? Are you looking to expand in your volume? Are you looking to kind of pop off with your volume and just get more efficient with your systems and, and, uh, get a better return in that? Or, or what does that look like? Um, like if I could say it in one word, I'd say adaptation, right? Like I am not the smartest in the world, but the one thing I do know is that whatever I think is going to happen, uh, is, you know, there's a lot of variables to it. And so I don't want to like box myself into this uh, thing. And so if you, if you follow like leading economists and, um, you know, all these people that run these giant hedge funds and people that are way smarter than myself, um, they always talk about diversifying their portfolio. Right. Um, and so I think that as I get a little older and I've started to refine some of these things that, uh, maybe we didn't do in the first couple years. Um, I think that's probably my biggest focus is diversifying my portfolio. As far as the body of work goes, uh, I'll adapt month by month, week by week. Like we're doing, I have like 12 going right now, 12 flips going right now. And that subdivision Um, We're about to clear a cycle of about eight of those flips. And then I have uh, three high end ones that we're doing in in that cycle also. And so um, I'll kind of like, I'll kind of like skim the fat of those 350, 400K and under ones, you know, the busy work. I'll kind of skim the fat and then we'll hyper focus on these high price point ones for a little bit. And then when I feel like I have some grace in that and and it's running, you know, I might buy a few, uh, based on what the market says. So that's short term. That's kind of my short term outlet. Um, I'm trying to keep like at least one of every 10 is a rental. Um, it's for me personally, it's been a little more difficult, uh, because all the LTVs changed right on long-term holds. And so for my money, the way that my money's set up, like it, it doesn't necessarily always make sense to keep it as a rental right now until these markets kind of bounce back and, and change. Um, now in two to three months, I have a feeling that properties are gonna be uh, able to be purchased at a lot steeper discounts. And so that might be a time that regardless of what the case is, I, I invest some of my money in, in rentals, right? So short-term adaptation, um, the long-term goal is uh, very much steady pace. I think, um, I'm not really, I mean, 
like I work so hard, man, to like, it's, it's ridiculous. And it comes with a cost, right? Like nothing, it comes with a sacrifice. There's a giant sacrifice on my family and, um, and my time, which once again, to me is the most precious thing. And, yeah. and I, I, I am, I'm doing all right financially and stuff. And I know enough to know that I'm not doing well enough to last a couple generations, you know? Um, and so I know that there's a lot of work to do. Um, so we'll probably keep the pace of about 50, 50 a year flips for at least the next few years. Um, market determining, right? Like yeah. it might just be that it's not flipping isn't, you know, volume isn't the way to do it here in a little bit. But just to be clear, like adaptation, I think is the one word that could describe it because I will very quickly switch from doing 10 at a time to one at a time if I can buy them so deep that it makes sense to do that one, hmm. right? Like yeah. I don't have any allegiance to anyone. I have made a promise to my guys that I will pay them uh, and I will keep them busy and I'll put food on their plates. Um, so I'll always figure out how I can do that before I figure out switching out my plan. But at the same time, um, I, I got it like just what is the weight, what is the loss, right? Like if I can get into a property and have a million dollars worth of profit on the back end, um, and my guys like kind of suck up the labor and the time clock a little bit. And I'm really taking a crunch, but I know we have to hyper-focus on this one project because there's so much meat on the bone. Mm. I'll take a little, I'll take a little loss on that. And some would argue that that's a mistake, but I know a lot of people, I know a lot of people during this COVID thing that I had respect for, and I don't have as much respect for now that um, I should be careful how I say that. I, I don't share the same belief as them um, about how they handled their employees during this time. Mm. Um, I mean, I know a couple people that do significant number and have a lot of great answers and a lot of great knowledge and stuff. And instantly they either fired or, um, you know, tried to replace their employees or whatever the case was. Now, if you're, where I might be coming off prejudice in that sense is like your business is your business. And I'm very clear with my guys that like my business is my business. I stand by my decisions, the decisions I make, I'm responsible for. If the air is, the air's on me, right? Um, so I'm not one to be able to judge other people. I just wouldn't have handled that that way with short, so short term results in front of me, right? Like I just think we need more information before we go cutting people's lives off. Yeah. And so, so some might call it a financial mistake, but I, I made, uh, I made a pact with my team. If they work the way that they work, that I'll take care of them. And, and so I, I'll, I'll do that. Well, that's, that's a lot of value. Cause I mean, if you really think about it in terms of longevity, you're thinking of the long term. you know, for those who are, like, Oh, well, numbers are really tight. And you fired these people, you know, the chances of them working for that same man again is very nice, but on the other hand, if you're taking care of your employees, if you're taking care of uh, people you've been working with, and like you said before, building those relationships, it's a relationship business. So, I mean, that's, that's going to give you back a return, you know, twice as much than it would for the guy who's thinking about numbers. Yes, numbers are important, but it's a relationship business, just like you said prior to. Um, yeah, it is, man. And, and to Corey's question, it's like, let's just take a five-year plan if I can miraculously keep the team that I have for five years, yeah. I can get a lot of work done. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Regardless <laughs> of what business you're in, you're in the restaurant business, you're in yeah. whatever it is. Hiring is the most expensive thing you can do because you have that and then it compounds and you have to train and then there's mistakes made with training. And so that yeah. costs money. I mean, there's a compound effect to it. And so, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very much a long-term guy. Uh, this is a long game. And I would rather be the one that runs the race steady. And if I need to sprint at the end a little, I'll sprint at the end. Um, our pace is just fast regardless. You know what I mean? Um, and so uh, to answer your question, I would just say ad we're, ad we're adapting, man. We're open to new things at all times. Um, and if I feel I need to make a business decision to switch up the, the game a little bit because things are getting shaky, then I'll do that. Yeah. I mean, look how fast everything changed in like a month. 
Yeah. Uh, in real estate, you kind of have to adapt. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's go ahead. I got um, just three final questions just that I kind of want to slip in there because this is kind of like the theme of what we want to help with other people who are listening. Um, and I think that's kind of pretty important. So I'm just going to list them off one after another just so you can get an idea. First question is, if you were to mention one thing that keeps you focused, what would that one thing be? Um, my family. Family. Yeah, and it's not like a, that's not like a generic answer. Yeah. Like when you, when you lost as much as I lost and lived the life that I lived, um, I have a newfound appreciation for life. Mm -hmm. And what that allows me is a little perception. And so for me, my opinion only is my perception is my, my family is priceless, man. Mm, and like I, I owe, I owe them the world, and and that's not just like a like some stuff that sounds good. Like it goes back to that um, that original thing. Like I wanted to see how much money I can make. Yeah, I just want to see them how wild. I just want to see how wild of a life I can live. Mm, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. yeah. Second question: uh, What would you say the reason for your success is? Um. Well, God. I would give all the glory to, I'll give all the glory to God. And cause yeah. the thing is, is like, I can take credit for a lot of this stuff. Don't get me wrong, Sure. but it's all him who he puts me with, mm. who he introduces me to, how he allows me the opportunities to do the things that I do. Like there's insane, like I, for a non-national podcast, right? Like if we yeah. were just talking over breakfast or something, I yeah. would tell you some insane stories of stuff that I've gotten done with, very little work and very much ease that like are just don't happen. Like they just don't happen. You know what I mean? Like, and so I have so many stories like that. So I would say, God, the other thing that I would say, if we're talking personally, I would say dedication. Mm. Like I am a hundred percent embedded, dedicated to my craft mm. and you can't outwork it. Like you're not outworking it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I'm, I'm up, grinding i'm reading and i'm thirsty for knowledge and i'm you know what i'm saying like i i want to get better we do huge volume on our flips and i am bored of that and so much more interested on how much better we can do each one mm. you know what i'm saying and so um i would say dedication love that and last at least for the interview portion um unless uh, Corey, unless you have one as well. Um, what is the book or podcast that you are most influenced by that you'd recommend to someone else? Ooh, <laughs> so I'm reading a really good book right now, but I'm not going to say this is my number one. Um, because I, I have one that I contribute on a lot of success. And I believe that it's, I believe that it's like I said on this other podcast, I, I believe that it's the manuscript yeah. for real estate. But I am reading uh, Ray Dalio's Principles right now. Fantastic book. I just but, read that, actually. Ooh. So never. I would say Chris <laughs> Voss never split the difference. Yeah. So I know that this has taken some hype in the last, like, six months, right? Sure. And, like, people have started to, like, read it and stuff. Dude, I about a year ago, I lived out of this book. Mm. like maybe like a year and a half ago two maybe two years ago. I don't even remember when it was, but like, dude, I read this thing so many times and broke down so many of it. And so what I do, like, uh, when I order these from Amazon, I'll order like five of them. And, um, the other book that I'll order five of is I'll, I'll order. And this is all Tom Kroll, uh, you know, does this stuff. And so I ended up, I don't know if this one was Tom Kroll, but, uh, the four spiritual laws of prosperity. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. So that, that book right there was a life changer for mm. me. Um, and it's basically, she gives a very unorthodox approach on, um, faith mm. and trust and like trusting yourself and God together. Right. Yeah. And just like a very like broad, like stroke of like, well, what do you have to lose? Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? And I'm into that. This, as far as refining skills, was the game changer. So I would say that. Podcasts, um, I don't know, man. I'm on, with, I don't know. I don't know about podcasts. <laughs> like, no, so, if I'm listening to podcasts, it's usually like economists or like okay. dudes from other countries giving like a global view on things because I'm always super interested in finding out what's going on like as a whole. Mm. You know? Yeah. Uh, Corey, do you have anything for last question for the show? No, I mean, I mean, is, is there anything? So we're kind of, so we're both newer investors. We'll probably gear this a lot towards newer investors that are listening. Is there anything that like we should have asked you or any advice that you can give to uh, maybe a newer investor out there who's maybe done, you know, one, two or zero deals uh, looking to get started? Uh, um, I would say be clear on what you want. I would say be very clear on what you want. Like, I feel like, so I mentor a couple of guys and we work more on, and, and these are people that are highly invested in real estate, right? And we, we work more on spiritual stuff than we do on real estate. And so I think that like, it takes a certain person, it depends what your definition of success is, right? Like, what do you, what do you think is like a big amount of money? Because if you ask me what I think a big amount of money, and then you ask like, most beginning flippers, like what a big amount of money is, you know, like, what do you want to make in a year? Like, ask somebody that ask a circle of like beginning investors what they want to make in the year. And you're probably going to hear like one or 200,000. You know what I mean? Like I can spend a couple hundred thousand in a day, you know, (laughs) like, and I'm being dead serious. You know what I'm saying? So like, like I need millions. There's just no other way to cut the pie. Like I, in order to do what I want to do, millions need to be acquired. And so, um, be very clear on like what you want. And then the other thing that I would say is that uh, do your homework, understand your craft. Like, and that's where I think it's like, be clear on what you want. Cause you can break that, break that down a million different ways, but like, just be very clear on what you want. So like, I want to flip houses. Okay. So now you're a house flipper for a year. Okay. So now go learn and go fail and go make mistakes and learn about budgets and learn about scope of work and learn about punch lists and learn about zoning and city and permits and learn about all that stuff okay but don't add wholesaling to that right away you know what i'm saying like and if you're going to do wholesaling then do that and don't worry about flipping right now um so be very clear on what you want and then the other thing is is do your homework so study your craft what can i do listen to people that have done it before you don't try to reinvent the wheel Um, go out and find dudes that are doing 20 flips a year. If you're interested in volume, you know, if you're already doing 20 a year, go out and find somebody that's doing a hundred. The systems should be semi-similar, maybe a little more advanced, but they should be pretty similar. And then the third thing that I would say is work on personal relationships because at some point you'll outgrow your britches and you need to like, um, like you need to have money right? Like, so like one of the things that allows us the success that we have is because I have a very good access to, to capital. And that comes off of trust that comes off of me doing my homework and me being dedicated and me being disciplined and people watching my body of work and saying like, he's the safe horse. Like I'll throw 500,000 at him. I'm going to get my money back and I'm going to get it back quick, you know? Um, so, but work on your personal relationships because when all these flippers dry up, which they will, a lot of them will, um, in the next probably year because they're overbuying, they're not sticking to their guns and they're not, they're not purchasing right. And they're overspending and they're overlisting their properties and inevitably their returns are going to be slow and their returns are going to be slim and they're going to have to find another avenue for finances, right? And so when that happens, the market does this all the time in a lot of different ways, but it cleanses itself, right? And when it does that, you have an opportunity to 
where people have struggle, you have opportunity. And so the gates will start pushing business your way and you need to have the capital to take care of it. Right. Um, so work on personal relationships would be the third out of that. Awesome. Casey, when we get some traction, we're going to have to get you back on as well. (laughs) But um, I'm, I'm with it. When are you, uh, when are you getting over here? What do you mean? In Idaho? Are you coming back this way? Oh, I am. I am here. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're in Coeur d'Alene. You're in Coeur d'Alene and San Diego the next day. I don't know what's going on. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in Boise right now. Um, I go back to San Diego next week um, just for a week and a half. And I come back for a couple of weeks. Well, so, hey, so, um, and once again, this has nothing to do with me. This is a selfless gesture to, um, to people who are very serious. And so yeah. we'll probably do like a limited thing, but my mentor wants me to do a, um, a, a day trip around my flips with like 10 semi beginner to medium to high grade flippers or whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah. So he wants me to go on a rotation and kind of explain processes and, and do that. And they did a very similar thing. Um, just a little while ago, they did a tour of all his stuff. Mm. And I have, I have enough volume right now and a lot uh, enough stuff that's in different stages and stuff that it'd be really cool to get like, maybe not 10, but five to eight people, right. That are focused or maybe husband wife combo or whatever that are focused. Um, and we can go, we can go to a few of my properties and kind of explain what's going on and people can ask questions and stuff. So if you're in town and want to set that up or when you get back, you want to set that up, we can figure something like that out. Yeah, that would be I sick. think it's a little strange personally, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mind. I think it'll be, that'd be cool to kind of like follow along as well too. And I mean, yeah, I wouldn't mind at all. Well, it just gives you like hey, a look. Hey, Casey. Yes. Go ahead. You can finish. I was just going to ask you to, you know, if you want to put out your website or anything like that, how people can contact you, get on your buyer's list, anything like okay, that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what I was just going to say is it gives you a look into like how somebody does it different. Right. Yeah. Like, and I think that we should do that constantly. So I'd love the opportunity to go, like there's a dude, one of my friends in uh, Utah, he, he does, probably as much volume. I probably work through my volume faster than he does, but he probably has a little more volume than me. Um, and I I would love the opportunity to go up there and just spend like a couple of days walking through his stuff and see how he does it. Right. Yeah. Um, so that, that's kind of the point I think to that whole thing is just being open-minded and seeing how, if, if there's something you can learn from it. Yeah. Um, as far as my, uh, info. So I own, um, gem state cash offer. And I own Taylor Jean Homes. So Taylor Jean Homes is our build builder entity and our high-end flip entity. And then uh, Gem State Cash Offer is our wholesaling outfit. And then um, the majority of our, um, like, you know, 400 and under flips, you'll see Gem State Cash Offer's name on them most of the time. But how you can get a hold of us is uh, gemstatecashoffer.com. It's really simple. Um, you can hit me up on Facebook. I'm once again, earlier in the conversation, I said I'm horrible with computers and stuff. So I have somebody working on like all my IG and all my, uh, I have somebody doing all that. And so that should be a little better, but we have our website too, um, which is gemstatecashoffer.com. Um, oh, I'm sorry. My email is Casey at gemstatecashoffer.com. All right. Well, I'm going to go, uh, deal with the madness for the rest of the day, but, um, <laughs> go see what's going on. But yeah, let me know if you guys need anything at all for real. We'll do. All right. Thank you. All right, man. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a great show. Um, that was, uh, first show with Casey Ames. Um, he is one of the bigger wholesalers here in town in Boise and Ada County area. Um, and yeah, yeah that was a wealth of knowledge. I'll let you, yeah, no, a couple things. I mean, I love that. Uh, I think I can incorporate in even to my own business. Um, just how we talked about really being focused, um, getting good at one thing before you're spreading yourself out. Um, even myself getting into, you know, in real estate investing, it's like, oh, what do I want to do? Like, should I flip? Should I buy some rentals? And really just honing in on that one thing and getting good at it. Um, I think 
every new investor can relate to that just because it can start out a little overwhelming, you know, and just, uh, you know, really doing your homework and dialing in when you're getting started. So I thought that was, that was awesome. And Casey's a super, super good dude. So, um, you know, it was a privilege to have him on here for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's very dedicated. Um, very focused, you know, you, he could really, you could really tell that it's like, all right, he wants to get really good at his craft and that focus on that one item and then explode off of that. And then, all right, yeah. what's next? You know, you can tell his mind is just, just quirky and ready to go for it. Um, yeah. Looking forward to seeing what he does here. And yeah. There. Yeah. Seeing what, what his future will look like in the next few years. Thank you for watching the Grounded Investor Show. If you'd like to know more about investing in Idaho, go ahead and contact us at 208-219-7655 or go to groundedinvestor.com.